Welcome to the Album Collection. This is the Rays on It Podcast Network. And this podcast, the Album Collection, we take a deeper dive into some of our favorite albums from some of our favorite artists over the years. Uh, we'll tackle some recent-ish ones. We'll definitely go back further. Uh, so if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever, uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Let us know if there's an album you want us to take a deeper dive into. And, yeah, we'll... Uh, We'll try to tackle them off in 50 years or so. Okay. I didn't know that was the contract so, I signed, but all right. It is. <laughs> uh, so this is the seventh episode, I believe, that we've done of this. Uh, we have a ton of great albums to come, but this episode, we're tackling Rascal Flatts' self-titled debut album all the way back in... 2000. 2000. 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. That's why I didn't understand why they were like wrapping it up. It's like you've doing this for twenty years. Let's keep going. But but if we're gonna be fair, I don't think their later music is as good as the stuff they started with. I would agree. Yeah. Like this album. Even though it never hit number one and none of the songs ever hit number one, it might just be number one in my heart. Huh. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> we'll chat that through. Uh but yeah, it was hugely successful uh it sold two million copies in the u.s up until may of 2009 certified double platinum uh and it is the only album from the group rascal flats to not feature a number one single which is kind of mind-blowing but it is because i think the songs the singles you put them on the second or third album and they would go number one totally agree yeah I don't know how Praying for Daylight, who doesn't know that song and who doesn't freaking love that song? Yeah, the only thing I could think of was they were such a... Poppy? Yeah, they were such a newer sounding country sound that I don't know if there was some hesitancy from certain radio stations not to push them over the top. Yeah. Kind of be. I think they, yeah, they were maybe part of the acts that really helped accelerate, like, country and from the 90s mm-hmm. i remember like there was a we probably talked about it before how their music maybe didn't sound as country as was expected because the the acts they grew up with were like the 80s or the 70s like rock or pop bands they didn't right they they said they weren't really into like the Waylon jennings or merle haggard's yeah i mean they're referred to as country music's first boy band yeah that's fine they didn't dance but they could have they tried. Did they? They move on stage. <laughs> not in like a coordinated right. way. Not in you a coordinated are wrong. way. Yeah. Uh, so I think one of the things that stood out for me looking back on this album is we always talk about the songwriters. Yeah. And the crazy thing about this album so there's a total of 11 songs, and there are only two songwriters that appear on more than one song. Yes. Uh, Danny Wells and Marcus Humman are the only ones with yeah. more than one song on here. And to me, that's just so crazy that they really took all kinds of different songwriters and songs. There wasn't, they didn't have like a true go to. Right. And granted, they were newer at the time, but uh, they just didn't have that one go to where it's like, like Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean. 
they're going to go with their core guys right. for a majority of their songs. But here it didn't happen. But it's, it's amazing because like all the songs fit them so well. Maybe that was part of it too. Maybe part of putting the album together was finding those songs that were going to work for their vocals, their sound, and maybe like as songwriters, you know, they all write something different because they try to pitch it to different artists. So maybe it would make sense that they wouldn't go from one one person or two, one or two of the same people. Yeah, and I think a lot of the songwriters, I'll read through a few of them here, is that a lot of the songwriters on this album aren't, they don't put themselves in their own box. Like the songwriters don't only write for this type right. of artist. They'll write for the more traditional, they'll write for the more contemporary. Uh, for instance, Steve Bogart, uh, he wrote Praying for Daylight on the album, and he also wrote two of George Strait's biggest hits, Carried Away and Carrying Your Love With Me. And there's not there's not too many times you put Rascal Flats in the same sentence as George Strait, <laughs> yeah. but here we are. Um, Danny Wells, another one. He wrote George Strait's Check Yes or No. Mm. Uh, Kim Williams wrote Garth Brooks' Ain't Going Down and Papa Love Mama. Randy Travis's Three Wooden Crosses. Yeah. So it's like there's that. He's He wrote I'm Moving On, right? No. Oh. Uh, Kim Williams wrote While You Loved Me. Uh, I'm Moving On was written by uh, Philip White and D. Vincent Williams. And Philip White, uh, he also wrote Nobody But Me by Blake Shelton. So, oh, okay. Amongst other ones. Yeah. But Interesting. Yeah. And then, you, I mean, you can go, uh, for instance, a little bit outside of the country is songwriter by the name of Eddie Schwartz. He wrote, Hit Me With Your Best Shot. So, I mean, there's <laughs> such a different... Uh, I'll mention two others. Um, Danny Orton. He, uh, turn back the clocks a little bit. Emerson Drive. He wrote Fallen to Me. That was a very poppy progressive. Uh, and he also wrote Dan and Shay's debut song, 19 You and Me. Dang. Uh, and then we get to one of our favorites, Marcus Humman. Yeah. You know, Dixie Chicks, Ready to Run, Cowboy Take Me Away. Yeah. Tim McGraw, one of these days. So, um, a legend in himself. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, that's just, that's one of the things that stood out to me. Cause typically when I, when I pull up the list of the tracks and look at the songwriters, there's typically kind of some sort of a theme. Sure. But here there wasn't. And I Makes me wonder, like, if their next albums are more like, oh, we really liked working with Marcus on this one. Can you write us some other songs? This is the style we're going for. If they had more like pull and more, you know, power influence as their career went on, maybe yeah. not. They seem like equal opportunists. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. I think they're the type of act that best song wins. Absolutely. And some of their songs have a little more twang. Right. Majority of them don't, but they they just go for the best song, it seems like. They have so many good songs. I can't get over it. Like, And, and there are so many good songs on this album. Yeah. This was my... Uh, so last week... Last week? Two weeks ago, we did Jody Messina's I'm Alright. Yes. So I would say like I'm Alright and Rascal Flats are like the two from my childhood where at the time, I knew all the words to every song. And Rascal Flats, I probably knew even better. Yes. I love this album. And it was just, I think it was your CD and I kept stealing it. I think you're right. Yeah. I still haven't found it. This is awkward. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, well, good thing there's things other than CDs, but yeah, this was one, 
when I was listening to it back, I just, I knew a lot of the songs. Yeah. I don't know if it was something where, if it was one of, I mean, we would have been what, eight and six, nine and seven at the time. Right. Where if this was one of the first CDs where we could truly remember and know all the words and instill it, because maybe when I listened to it, a majority of them I was singing every word to. Right. And not all of them are singles. Absolutely. But I think all the ones we were singing to, I think those are so well done. Yes. That they easily could have been singles. Yes. I feel like, I don't know, you say like seven or eight of the 11 could have been singles. Yeah. I I think I have it at eight or nine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, So one of the other cool things about this project is the producers. Um Produced by Marty Williams and Mark Bright, but I want to focus on Mark Bright. Yes. Dude. <laughs> dudes, check out his Wikipedia page. It's a little intimidating. Yeah, it's it might be longer than Rascal Flats. Oh yeah. It's it's close. Yeah. Uh so people or Mark Bright's peers, people in the industry, they call him quote, one of the architects architects. Archite- one of the architects of modern contemporary country music, the country sound. Mm-hmm. And I think that's totally true. He found them. He did. He found them, heard them play at a tiny bar in Printer's Alley, a couple blocks off of Broadway. Is Printer's Alley still like a big thing? Printer's, uh, I, I think it is It is for the locals. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's where, after my work Christmas party... We ended up at a karaoke bar. Yes. And there's a bunch there's a bunch of cool places yeah. down there. Okay. Not very touristy. That's so that's cool. We'll yeah. have to go there next time. I'm on it. All right. So yeah, they were they were playing at a bar there. He discovered them and he made the gamble to sign them to a publishing record management every type of how often does that happen? Someone just like walks into a bar and it happens to be a producer. Be like, you guys come with me. We're going to do this. I should clarify. Someone tipped them off, but again, yeah, they get how many tips? Like, sure. Yeah. They say everyone's going to be the next big thing. Right. The crazy, there's a quote I have here. Uh, so he, he ended up becoming sort of their musical father, like their role model, taking them under his wing and very godfather. Yeah. He was he was pretty confident in them, but he told his wife, "quote If this flops, we'll have to sell the house." <laughs> so he was I now mean, he's I, got two houses. As as much as Rascal Flats, or you know, were invested in them own, their own styles. Yeah, he was very invested That's in, crazy. that they would make some money too. So he also, I think, was the producer like on Carrie Underwood's first album off American Idol that went on to win like Grammy awards and all that. Yeah. So I think he's doing just fine. And there was some, I don't want to get a sidetracked, but there was some push and pull tension with Carrie's first album, who's going to produce it. Yeah. So I think some of the um, American Idol people wanted more of a pop sound to it and they wanted this certain oh. pop producer. And uh, I forget who it was mentioned Mark Bright. So there was kind of this. Yeah. Dance back and forth, but ultimately Carrie Underwood. That's a really good album him. too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, and I mean he's produced everything. He's yeah. He's one of the he's one of the main guys behind the scenes. No one really knows of. He's like Shane McAnally. We just don't know of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he's one of the guys. No, that's I think that's a good comparison because they kind of have both ushered in new eras of country music. Sure, absolutely. 
and yeah, just continued to oh. modernize it. So yeah, there's definitely. your comparison. I like it. That's a good comparison. Thank you, Mark Bright. Unfortunately, oh, I couldn't find any album reviews on this one. No kidding. None. Wow. And you found an album review on Toby Keith's Boomtown? Yeah. But you couldn't find one. I know. I know. I, I think the tricky part was because it's a self-titled uh, yes. album. So I don't know. I, I was getting a bunch of other albums and I was I was into the multiple pages on Google search, but unfortunately couldn't find one. Wow. So. I should write one. You have to the end of the episode. All right. All right. So the singles, they ended up releasing four singles off the album. Uh, Praying for Daylight went to number three. This Everyday Love went to number nine. While You Loved Me went to number seven. And then they concluded the singles with I'm Moving On, which peaked at number four. So when you look at the list, do they make the right call on the singles? So, or which singles did they make the right call on? Yeah, Praying for Daylight is a phenomenal start. Like, just the opening of it. They start and you know what song it is. And it was the first one on the album. So that's like your very, it was very intentional, I'm sure, putting that song first as a single, first on yep. the album. Because this is, this is Rascal Flatts, guys. This is who you're going to get. Like, exactly. that was a cool opening. Um, great music video. Um... You know what? I, this might be controversial. This everyday love, I love it, but I feel like you could have maybe switched it out for one of the other songs on here. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I told you it might be controversial. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Because I would make the argument that the first two songs they released, Praying for Daylight and This Everyday Love, are the two no doubts that they needed to release. Yeah. Maybe. I, I guess I guess the way I'm coming from it as they seem very kind of similar. Fair. Um, so I th- feel like and that's why I think they ended with I'm moving on because it was so vastly different from what they had put out there. So not saying that maybe this Everyday Love shouldn't have been released because it's a phenomenal song. But back to back, I feel like they were, you know, crossing the line or threading the needle some Thing like that of being. <laughs> Please continue with your metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but something with the line, you know what I'm talking about? Like they were. <laughs> Just, Emily, Emily's making hand motions uh, that's somehow gonna make me figure out what she's trying to say. Anyways, they were coming close to being, um, I don't wanna say like stereotypical or being accused of every song sounds the same. If people only listen to the songs that we release as singles. So you're saying it was almost the Nickelback factor? Yes. Okay. Yeah. N- not That's not a metaphor. I'm just like But the songs are better sense. than Nickelback's. I'm just right. saying, like, they, I wouldn't have done them back to back. Fair. So would you have at least staggered them? Like, release this one as the third single? I would have done, like, one and four. Okay. I feel like they might have waited too long before I'm moving on. Because they are a power ballad band, man. They can... See, here's with I'm Moving On, I know it's a good song. I'm just not a huge fan of it. Hmm. It's I hate to say it. It's a skip when it comes on. Well, most slow songs are. Eh. That slow of a song, yeah. True. Uh, so what about the third one? While You Loved Me? Oh, man. 
you hit that time when they're like, I was bored, and it's like, I'm not going to sing it because I'm not going to do it justice, but you're like, damn. And I died. Yeah. <laughs> Takes really high. Yeah. 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 And that's, and I wonder, mm, I don't think I've seen them perform live. If I have, it was like a, a festival. But I don't even know if they play that one. I don't know if that's in their repertoire, which, understandable, they got a lot of other songs, but... They yeah. could sing this whole album in a concert, and I would die. I would love to hear this as like an acoustic set. Oh, this album, like re-release their debut album as an acoustic album. Yeah, because it's produced really well. Yes, but to strip it back would be. Mm-hmm. So okay, so when you look at the, when you look at the four, do you think we'll get there in a second? You definitely would have swapped some other ones in mm-hmm. or potentially released a fifth single yeah. or sixth, seventh, eighth. Yeah. Just keep it going. Did they make the right choice with the singles? At the end of the day, would you call it a success? Yeah, because if you're not going to get a number one with either of these four, I don't think you're going to get it anywhere else on the album. If, if Praying Agreed. for Daylight doesn't Agreed. go number one, right? Um, then I think... I think they could have released the other ones. They would have been a top five, at least a top ten. Like I don't, I don't think there's any song on here that wouldn't have made the top ten. That's that's honestly what I had in my notes here. So let's let's get to hidden gems. Yeah. Okay. You can start off because I'm uh, sure we're gonna agree. I don't have like an order, but there are five songs that I for sure would be yeah. like, all right, let's go. So I I have like a Spotify playlist where it just puts like my faves, just like my favorite songs from whatever. And yeah. long slow beautiful dance has always been on there. I don't really? know why I love that song. That's not even one of mine on my really? list. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I like that. I think it's it's I think it might be the only Rascal Flat song where you hear someone besides Gary singing. Oh, uh, to take a look. At the very end. Yeah. Hmm. So that's been one of my favorites. And then um uh One Good Love. <sighs> Come on. It's just uh <sighs> it feels like you're in church towards the end. It's just like, let's go. Yeah, it's, I was going to say jazzy, but it's not a jazzy, but it's a bluesy kind of, yeah, uh, like, piano, I mean, and what, Jay plays the piano, so you always know you're going to have, like, real instruments in there, even though it is very well produced, but you get that feel of it, and yeah, I like that one. Um, Some say. Yeah, that was written by Gary, wasn't it? I believe so. That's a cute song. It is. It's there's nothing there's nothing overwhelmingly wow yeah about it but it's a good simple but beautifully written and I think their voice their voices and their vocals just make it you just feel good listening to it yeah I don't I don't know how else to say it yeah and I don't yeah if they were I would have loved to see them release that as a single I don't know how well it would have done but I think a lot of these songs would have definitely cracked. Yeah. I wonder five, if like, 10. I mean, the inspiration for that song, if Gary was a co-writer on it, did people like doubt his relationship with his like then or now wife? Yeah. You know, they're like, well, look it, we're still together. Yeah, that could be. It's Yeah. It's a cute way of saying like a middle finger to everyone who doubted us. There is uh, the one song on here that part of me honestly thinks it's the best song on the album is See Me Through. Six-year-old Emily jammed to that one, as did 26-year-old Emily. 28-year-old Aaron's been jamming to yeah. it all week. And it's a 
it's a legit six minute song because they just kind of it never ends. It never ends, yeah. but I don't mind it because right. it's it's just so powerful and their voices. I, I think this is the song. Maybe I'm moving on because it's mainly their voices. There's not a whole lot of production, but yeah, this is so good. And when I heard this, I'm like, why didn't they release it? Mm. And then my next thought is, who do I want to release this? And there's with any Rascal Flatts song, it's Dan and Shay. It's Dan and Shay. <laughs> yeah. I if listen to this song. And instead of Gary hitting the high notes, imagine it's Shay. Right. I and they could definitely add some production to it if they wanted to make it yeah. a little bit more for Dan and Shay. But this is out of all these six, seven podcasts we've done on the albums. This is one that I am absolutely, absolutely pounding the table that <laughs> I need this one to be re-released. Wait. So was wait was while you loved me a single? What was the other single? I always forget about it. Praying for Daylight, This Everyday Love, I'm Moving On. Yeah, While You Love Me. The first three songs on the album, and then they went to the last one. (laughs) Yeah. So the interesting thing about See Me Through, which I'm pounding the table for Dan and Shay to record, I don't have 100% confirmation on this, but I, I went down the rabbit hole, and I learned that David Nail had recorded a debut album with maybe Mercury Records or something like that in 99 or 2000. And for whatever reason, the project was scrapped either because contract was broke, new people came in. I don't know if he was dropped or whatever, but there's, there's a collection of songs out there from 2000, David nail, probably eight, nine, 10 years before he really came on the scene. Yeah. He record, he, he recorded this one. Really? See me through What? go on YouTube Type David Nail, see me through, and you'll hear his version. I, I don't think it's as good as Rascal Flats. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting that it's kind of already yeah. that it was with him before Rascal Flats. Uh, yeah, the way things work in Music City with like who gets what song, how it gets released, and yeah, David Nail probably could have made it a top ten hit too. He kind of yeah. had a nice few years. But back to like Dan and Shay, I'm fully convinced. You take any Rascal Flats song, you take any Dan and Shay song, and you flip them. And they'll do just fine because Shay and Gary. And Gary. Yeah. Before like Dan and Shay came on, I would say like Gary has like the best agreed male vocals in the business, and now it's Shay up easily. But they all they have similar styles too. Mm-hmm. They can crush the ballad. They're good fun like poppy, but they also don't uh, sing about trucks and right. fields. You know, right. it's it's a different side of country music, and that's why. When they were on tour like a couple years ago, I, 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 I yeah, I was literally about to say, why didn't I go? Yeah, it would have been amazing because also I think Shay Car- like Carly wrote was... songs for Rascal Flatts with um um you know that one girl who sings pop. Oh, hold on a second, I'll figure it out. With the one girl who sings pop. Yeah, what is her name? All right. It was like one of their uh, was it? I like the sound of that. I think. Yeah, that was that was one of theirs, and then they had. I think one of Rascal Flatts' recent releases in the last couple of years was also written by Dan and Shay. Um, Who sings I'm All About That Bass? Oh, wow. This is uh, this is just going to absolutely... Oh, I got it. Do you want me to tell you? What's her first name start with? An M. 
I'm so mad at myself. Say it. Megan Trainer. Damn it. Yeah. Okay. So I feel yeah. better. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, they're they're so similar, and they they have the similar types of voices, yeah. and yeah, I would love to hear them cover each other's songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I totally kick myself for not going to see them when it was. I think Carly opened for Dan and Shay and the Dan and Shay for uh, Rascal Flats. Yeah. It would have been awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, if Dan and Shay is ever looking to like add another song to the album, they're kind of wondering, they should look at some of Rascal Flats' older stuff. Yeah. There's definitely, right. there's definitely something there. Yeah. The deep cut challenge. Yes. Go back to early 2000s and you'll find plenty of gems. I mean, they... I went on YouTube and I searched Dan and Shay Rascal Flats covers. There's not a lot of them, mm, which is weird. A little. Uh, I think I, they were at a radio stop probably five years ago or so, five or six, and they did a like a minute or minute and a half cover of These Days. Oh. And it was so good. Yeah. They, just, they ended it after the first chorus. I was so oh. mad. But there's they're so they're so they're both so good. Yes. That yeah. Uh, um, another one on this album that I do like. Is from time to time. Yes, like I did one? have that one on my list yeah. too. Uh, I mean, at this point, it's 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 almost like which one do I not want? Not like it's not just me. Is like hmm. it's a forgotten one compared yeah. to the masses. You're not a huge fan of Slow Beautiful Dance. No, but see, so here's the thing: they had four <laughs> top ten hits. Yes. Right. We're coming up with four or five others that we're convinced. Yes. So why don't, I guess maybe they were, they just played those songs so much that they were already out for the next album. But maybe if, if they were that confident, um, unless they just weren't confident in these other songs, but these other songs, there's no drop off from the singles. I guess that's the point I'm making yeah. is that there's right. really not like a huge drop off from the four singles that were released as well as the other singles on the album, which I think that alone makes it a really great album. Yeah. One of their best. And so this, the four singles spanned like two years and I get it at this point. It was time. Right. But I also think like screw politics or higher ups and white collars. Artists should just like release all their songs to the charts and just hash it out. Like, I would love to see, like, 11 Miranda Lambert songs go against, like, 12 Luke Bryan songs. Yeah, but if you're a radio station, how many of, the, how many, how many of those Miranda songs are you going to play? You play them all, and then you get the request, and you see how it goes from there. I think give, give, the, give the people all the information and let them decide. I don't think that's Thank the way Thank you for coming works. to my TED Talk. Yeah. I appreciate it. Good luck with that. I mean, I don't know. It was like, it was like a Katy Perry album. The one that like did really well. I think she took like seven or eight singles off that album. I want to say Luke Bryan's done that, right? Uh, oh, he's done, Crash My Party has a lot on there. There's probably six. Yeah, that's it true. Might be seven on there. Maybe it's something as they progress. Maybe there's that with the debut. I'm like, okay, let's get them fresh music now. We gotta go. And I think part of it too is how quickly they climb up the charts. True. If it takes them three or four months, all right, yeah, let's do it. But yeah. if they're doing one of these. We're trying to get the single to number one, and it's like an eight-month thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in two years, if you can, if you're cranking out songs that are going to the top ten every four months, 
I think yeah. you can get away with it a little bit. True. Like Luke Combs is probably another one that mm. all his stuff right now is debuting Number in, the, one, in yeah. the top twenties. I mean, I was looking at, I was looking at a billboard chart the other day. It was a screen grab from someone and it was literally songs like 29 to 63. And I'm looking at all of them and I'm like, I love this song. This yeah. is a great song. Like this is going to go top 10. This is going to go top 10. Definitely. Number one. And I went down the whole list. I'm like, there's 30 songs, and they're not all going to go number right. one. They're not all going to go top ten. Yeah, they, and songs they, that are in the top ten shouldn't be. Maybe, or some songs deserve multiple weeks at number one. Yeah, yeah. It's there's like you said, there's politics involved, but at the end of the day, this album has literally pun intended. This album has a collection of songs that you could bundle and send a radio and be like. This will take care of you for the next two, three right. years. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, it's so well done, I think. And it feels also like they knew that this is the direction they wanted to go. I don't know. It just, you know, it wasn't a lot of like, oh, we need, we need this kind of song. We need this. It's kind of like, this is their sound and they're sticking with it. Right. They didn't throw some heavy banjo right. song on here just for the sake of being like, hey, we need true country sound exactly yeah and i think sometimes i think when sometimes when artists do that it comes across as cheap or they're just sure selling out it doesn't seem as authentic Mm -hmm. but rascal flats i think they're as authentic as as you come right yeah they don't apologize for not sounding air quotes country uh so for matchmaker i mean i just i just had my favorite song see me through for dan and shay did you have any songs specifically tied to Dan and Shay or any hmm. any other artists that you think would do really I mean, well with Shay would fights? really kill it on I'm Moving On. True. He would kill it. Wouldn't it be kind of funny to hear like Alabama sing the song? <laughs> like put Alabama on Praying for Daylight. <laughs> I, I But I feel like they would make it work. For sure. Yeah. Or this Everyday Love maybe is a little more like they could put some banjo yeah. in there. What do you think about... Lady Antebellum. I was just going to say Charles Kelly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't have that written down, but... Because they're, they're the next group that comes up. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's Rascal Flash through most of the 2000s. Lady A comes late 2000s and 2010s. Yeah. No, I think that some of these songs would sound really cool with, like, Hillary's voice on it. Yeah. But, yeah, I wonder, like... Hmm, what could they sing? While You Loved Me or something like that? Yeah. That would sound cool. And I'm trying to think of another... If there's a solo artist that would do good with Rascal Flats, but it has to be an artist that their range is at least yeah. coming somewhat close to Gary's. Right. Because I feel like waiting all my life, I could hear that one. It's just like a solo. But I don't know... Honestly, is like because his Russell? voice. Maybe part of me thinks it would have to be a female vocalist just to get to that higher register. Yeah. There's just no one. Yeah, I mean, everyone can adjust accordingly. Yeah. You know, put it in a different key. Um, True, but I think a lot of these these songs, their hooks and choruses. I think they they would lose a lot of their oomph if it was just a, like a male artist that came in 
even just like an octave lower or something. I just don't think mm. it, would, it would sound completely yeah, different. True. Um, yeah, I don't know. You don't want to put Florida Georgia line on any of these. Though. Hell no. <laughs> Love them both, but no. What about if you go back like uh, like a Sawyer Brown or like a Diamond Rio? Yeah, Diamond Rio could do it. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Blackhawk has a unique mm-hmm. sound. Yeah. But Interesting. I think for... I can hear Miranda on some of these, too. To play it safe, though, we're definitely... Our first... That's Dan and Shay. It's Dan and Shay, yeah, yeah. right? Not even Dan, just Shay. I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, it's... Yeah. <laughs> that was rude. Dan and Shay. Dan and Shay. You can't have one without the other. Got it. Cool. So, on to the metal stand. Yeah. Oh, I've been waiting for this. I have no idea in hell what to do with it. Okay. So I... There's four albums yeah, yeah, for yeah. me. I think it's their first four. For sure. Yeah. So this one either is like third or ties for second. Ooh, okay. Because my number one is going to be Feels Like Today. Fair. Um, and then I would say Me and My Gang is... See, and I can't... I'm too biased. This album was my childhood. I know all the songs in here, and I don't know all the songs that me and my gang like I do this one. So that part of me makes me like, give it the silver. Um, and I think if we're talking about the top four, like Melt would be number four for me. Although Mayberry's on there, and that's a great song. Right. Also, why is the album called Melt and not I Melt? Because the song is called I Melt. Food for thought, that's all. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Maybe it was a typo. <laughs> it's a pretty big typo. It's a huge typo. Yes. A lot of people must have screwed up for that one. Yeah. I think there's there's definitely the four you've listed are the four yeah. clear cut. These are the four that are vying for the top spot. The albums after that had really good singles on it. Not saying that. Yes. Like Every Day Unstoppable, Here, Here Comes Goodbye, like all of that. But overall, it's like... It's start I, to finish. Yeah. It feels like today won a Grammy, I feel, or did it win like album of the year? I thought they were... Probably. Yeah. I'll believe you, yeah. even though I don't I think I'm lying, actually. So, yes. something else. No. So, for me... I think the argument could be made for any of these albums to be the best one, quite frankly. Okay. I don't agree, but okay. I, th- I think there's definitely an argument with it. Um, for this one, I, I definitely think you can make the argument this is their best album. Yeah. I do. If you're looking at the true start to finish, I, I think you can make that argument. The albums that came after... Start to finish. I don't know if it's as strong, but they had more impactful singles, which I think true should matter. True, right? Um, yeah. But I th- that's what I think for me. I think you put it at a good spot, either silver or bronze. Yeah. But honestly, I'm gonna cop out. I literally have no idea where to place this album. Oh, that's not a no. You've had time to think about this. Go with your gut. All right, it's their best album. All right, I like it. Top to bottom. And I know I'm being a little inconsistent here because they didn't have any number ones. They were just four top tens, but start to finish. And I think the impact it made, too, it's it's at the table for their career. Um, I I think I'd give it my silver yet, but you convinced me not to give it bronze. 
Feels like today. Feels like today is still my number one because goodness, how do you? I'm looking at feels like today, which I know we're not like talking about. No, it, we, but have, I'm looking, we have to. One, two, three, four, five. Like the first five songs are my faves, and then eh, and then there's here's to you, the day before you. Oh, and Oklahoma, Texas line. And then that's the song that has the sneaky uh, Sarah Beth song. If you, uh, yeah, you know. So yeah, feels like today has bless the broken road. Feels like today, fast cars and freedom, which I think bless the broken road is still their like highest selling single. I would assume so. Yeah. So that feels like today had two number ones, a number two and a number nine. So yeah. Interesting. Commercially. Mm-hmm. Better. Um, yeah. Uh, it's so tough. It really, like, this is one of the tougher ones. So we're, we're, we'll settle in silver, gold or silver. Yeah, right. definitely. Maybe it, like, lost the gold on a technicality. Okay. <laughs> what that technicality? The technicality is probably not number one songs. Right. And yeah, I think you can be a little uh, lenient on first albums. True. True. Okay. I think you have me convinced. <laughs> I'll sleep on it. Oh, gosh. Uh, You're going to change your mind every day for the rest of your life. That's what I do. <laughs> Keeps people on their toes. Uh, overall, final thoughts on the album? It's, I mean, all of these songs. Like I told you, I still have um, Long Soul Beautiful Dance on my playlist today. Because I just, I don't know, I love that song. Praying for Daylight feels like a song that could be released now. A lot of these songs do, actually. Timeless. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was early 2000s, and it has that early 2000s vibe to it, but yet it still kind of works now. So uh, it's a very feel-good album. Yeah, I think for me, they absolutely nailed it. And aside from we might swap out a single here and there, like the four singles did really well. The debut album did really well. Double platinum, the whole works. As far as introducing themselves to country music, and I think that's part of the reason I was going back and forth between gold and silver is this album was different sounding than a lot of the music at the time. Yeah. And I think that the success that they had from this being able to break the mold that early with their debut project, I think really stands out to me. Um, that they weren't like scared to fix or change anything. I'm sure there was pressure to right. do so. Yeah. And honestly, their sound really hasn't changed. Right. And I think that's one of the cool things is, is it's timeless. I would look at Eric church as another one. That's kind of similar in that aspect, I mean, there's definitely some songs on his first album that's like a little bit different than what he's doing now, but yeah. for the most part with Church and especially Rascal Flats, you could tell me that they released this album two years ago. Yeah. And you probably have plenty of people convinced. Yeah. So, sure. yeah. This is a good one. Good choice. Also, I mean, we didn't talk about the album art, but they look so young and so different and they're just sitting in like the back of a car. Yeah. Frosted tips and everything. <laughs> yeah. If you watch some of the music videos, some of the concert live performances, oh. you definitely know that this was 20 years ago. Yeah. I think this Everyday Love, is that the one where they're in a, a bowling alley? Wait. <laughs> 
I think so, because then they, like, steal the trophy and, like, run out. No, that is, because there's there's a scene where I forget who's bowling. It could be Jay, but there's the pins, like, on opposite sides. There's two pins left, and he rolls it a certain way, and it knocks it them both, both over. Yeah. Why do I remember this shit that I do? I don't know. It's hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, not sorry. Uh, well, yeah, I, this was fun. Uh, honestly, like this was, this was a really great album to listen back to again. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely a lot of these songs that I'm adding to my current playlist just cause I've been listening to them and yeah, I think there's, I really just encourage people to go listen back to this Yeah. and just, especially the non-singles, I, I, there's some hit a lot of hidden gems on yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. Um, the whole album's a hidden gem. It really is. Uh well, for Emily, this is Aaron, and this is the album collection. As I mentioned earlier, like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, subscribe, leave us a review. Let us know if you like this podcast. Only good reviews, please. If you don't like the podcast, let us know. But don't say anything if you can't say anything nice. Oh, you can say some mean stuff. Oh, you can handle it. Okay. Um but yeah, stay tuned. We have future episodes coming. We'll bring you new episodes every week. And uh, we'll go from there. So until next time. <laughs> <laughs>